is Ash with the Wizards Respite. I'm here with Zachariah with uh, Old Man Gaming. And this is the Wizards Respite Sanctorum, where we talk about pretty much all things TTRPG. We deep dive into uh, games that we really like, what we liked about them, um, what we would improve, and, you know, a lot of other things. We often digress. We often go in a lot of different directions, and it's always fun and it's always TTRPG. Um, so yeah, and I'm here with, with Zachariah with Old Man Hello! Hello! Yes! How's it going, Zach? Super excited. Ready for this game? Yeah, back for vacation. This is a game I've been very excited about. Uh, I have I have confessions. I have not read it. I have wanted to read it. I just haven't gotten around to it, but I really have been super into journaling games uh, since the last T-Shop. And obviously the creation of my own journaling game. So this kind of stuff is really interesting me lately. So I'm very interested in this. But uh, but uh, I, I think we're going to let you lead me down the the halls of uh, okay. of this game. Okay, so... Which yeah, we haven't said we, the title of yet. Right, it's um, <laughs> uh, Amongst the Starlit Wreckage. Um, lost, among, uh, lost Among the Starlit Wreckage? Lost Amongst... <laughs> Uh, Lost Among the Starlight Wreckage. Thank you. I always threw yes. that title up. No, it's um, fine. It's a big one. I had to rewrite that while I was writing a tweet about it or something. Because I really <laughs> like this game a lot. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah. Should we should we dive into it then? Yeah, dive into it. Give it. Give me the give me the the breakdown. What is it? <laughs> okay. So it is a journaling game, but it's also a two player sort of co op game. Um. You know, we did the the last tea shop, which had that sort of aspect attached to it, but it's almost like um, this is a little bit flipped in that in that regard, because the the last tea shop was more focused on I think the journaling aspect of it. There was a lot of focus on writing the dialogue. At least that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. Uh, with this game, I actually feel like this game is a little bit more geared toward the co-op uh, aspect of it. Um, hmm creating a story, a narrative story with another player um, centered around uh, the setting and theme and mechanics here. Um, and the, the setting is a, a destroyed mech. Like, you know, old school warrior robot that you sit in and fly Gundam! Gundam. It is a, a Gundam mech. <laughs> um, and it's messed up. Uh, so you're, you're in space... In your your mech, um, and you are are adrift, uh, sending out a mayday, and that is what the game is about. You communicating with somebody out there in the stars, uh, trying to help them get to you, and talk to you, as you're trying to frantically make repairs on your mech before the reactor blows or stave off the reactor blowing so they can rescue you. That is immediately nightmare-inducing. I cannot think of... I've had, I have had... Like, I will never see the movie Gravity because that kind of stuff just scares... Like, the idea of floating through space until you run out of oxygen, like, a, a limitless void, is like, no, no thank you. No thank you. No thank you. Yeah. So I get to feel as small as I am to the universe and then die? No thank you. Uh, still, yeah, this, this might is... Frighten you. This is a really cool idea for a game. So the second player is the person on the other end, the person trying to find you. Yes, they're the the rescuer. That's very um, cool. Yeah, and so the dialogue can go in a lot of different ways. 
They have a system for prompts. Um, like T-Shop, the system has a, a lot of flexibility in it, so you can come up with your, uh, your own ideas. It's particularly right. geared towards um, the flexibility is there for, for dialogue to naturally uh, occur during the gameplay, during each round. Um, you do also use a card system to keep track of the movement of rounds. And this is like a, a deck of playing cards, a normal you know, poker deck. Yeah, I uh, see that. It's really cool. I love things with cards. Yeah, yeah, and I want to talk more about that in a second mm -hmm. uh, when, we, when we get into our second part of this thing. Uh, because, yeah, the, the deck system is really cool. Um, and as you move from round to round, you, your deck represents your mech. And every time you get to a round, there's a chance a portion of the deck that you have played out before you will will disappear. A, a, an item on your, your mech has just been destroyed. Oh, nice. Um, if that damage progresses too much and in a certain direction or way, you your your mech goes boom. Your your reactor has ended, and your final um, you you have an opportunity to say your final words to your your rescuer. That's so you can die. There there's no yes. there's definitely not a a guaranteed happy ending. Kind of like like T shop. I don't know if I'd say happy or sad with T shop, but the no like there is a there's always a. I don't want to say a positive spin, but you get to a good resolution in T-Shop. Yeah. Whereas with this one, you can definitely just croak. That's what you're saying. Yes. And in some ways, it's it's not a happy ending, but it could be a cool ending. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, pick your last words well and see how that conversation ends. <laughs> one of my favorite characters I've ever played died horrifically doing terrible things. So I, <laughs> I think that like... Yeah, uh, it, 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 I am. I am a fan of when a when a story arc ends the right way, regardless of how that end is. Like, I feel that I am the vessel getting that character to the correct ending to represent what that character should have. Uh, so I'm I'm all for death if that's where it comes to it. Uh, it's really cool. I like the idea that the cards represent basically the slots of the mecha almost like old school mech warrior when you build out your mech on those old computer games uh but this is kind of like the physical representation of those things falling apart yeah exactly yeah yeah it is pretty cool and it helps with the suspense because you as you're playing the game you know pieces of your mech are disappearing and you're like looking at at you know the the card uh layout and you're like Oh crap! This is not good. You know, right. death is right waiting for me around that corner. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I, I I also really love the idea of um. I really love the idea of when you take like this massive story thread and you boil it down to its most simplest, intimate moments. So you're you're obviously a mech pilot in some giant space war. But uh, the the whole story is contained with just you trying to survive after yeah. a battle with a rescuer coming, uh, which it takes all of that stuff out of it. Uh, like it 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 simplifies that big epic into a very human personal story, uh, and sometimes epics don't always do that really well, and you you lose track of what's actually happening out there. Whereas this one really it it refines it on that yeah. that human condition. Yeah, yeah, and um, 
to that note, that's one of the reasons why I feel like like the, the solo play, the journaling aspect of this game is great, but I got so much more personally out of the the uh, face-to-face interaction gameplays I've had with this thing. Um, because it, it is, like you said, like that intimate sort of space of like, like life and death, you know, you're trapped, you have to communicate with somebody. Um, and, and you can really feed off that tension despite, you know, all of this like epic stuff going on around them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that this would definitely warrant that second player. Like, uh, like T-Shop you can get, like T-Shop is almost all about getting something out of yourself that you didn't know was in you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas this is about something about getting something out of each other that you didn't know was in was in that. I think this would be really good to play. As weird as it is, and I would never be able to get my wife to do it, but uh, this would be good to play with a significant other, I feel like. This would be a really interesting experience because it would, it would end up interlacing with those real-life feelings. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I did play this with my wife, and it was... Oh. Uh, <laughs> Speak of the devil! <laughs> I, yeah, th- that was a, a very big um game um lots of feelings were had and one of the <laughs> reasons is i think to a certain degree if you know the person really well like you know maybe your spouse right um you know not like where the like to jab rather but to what where like uh the the heartstrings are mm-hmm. you know um how to tell you know the types of stories that your spouse loves yep and the types of stories when you go to a movie if your spouse is going to shed a tear you know which movie that is. Yep. You know, um, and so when you're creating your side of the uh, narrative, it it like <laughs> it's your spouse. You're like, okay, I know, I know how I'm gonna get the, my my. Yeah, you my, naturally my go story. to that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mm-hmm. want to have a good story with your spouse too, which helps that all along. Also, did you die in in your spouse story? Were you the I mech did. pilot? You I died, and I did. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, we we can't talk for a day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you let me die. <laughs> yeah, death is is you know moderately like um um easy like it's not a guarantee by any means. You can definitely play like five games and not die. But at the same time, there's a mechanism in here where you can die extremely quickly. Um, and you can, you know, they do actually give you a possibility in the game to to route that because there is a possibility you could even die off the first or second round, right. which would basically ruin the game. Right. Um, so they give you an opportunity to like sort of route that game so you don't have that. Um, I was about to say, I, I didn't read enough of it to really make nitpicks, but that would have been my nitpick because I definitely wouldn't want to sit down to play this and immediately croak. Like, that right, would be... Yeah. That would just defeat all the drama of the situation. Yeah, there's an optional rule to, to get rid of that. Um, and, and, you know, obviously for good reason. Yeah. Um, but the there's two big ways to die in this game is your mech is slowly falling apart. And then uh, how the, the mechanics of the table works will render your core, which is at the center of your, your deck, right? The center of your display. Um completely isolated from any other cards your core will then go go nuclear and that's how you die oh. um, if that happens you have your last final words because you know it's about to happen and um 
it, it, you can really craft something really clever or really meaningful to the story. How the do you other way how you do you die. lose the cards? Because I see it's like a grid shape, and then yeah. and then so the very center one is your core. How how do you lose the cards? How do the cards fall away? As you move from round to round, you have you have like I can't I think how many cards was it? I think it's twenty five cards. Something like that. Yeah. Twenty four like on display. Twenty four. Okay. So the remaining cards in the deck. Uh, you draw, and if the card has the same, I believe it was um, um, new, uh, number. Okay. You, play, you find that number on your display, and you place it on top of it, and you remove both of those cards. Oh. And that's how you lose a, a chunk of your your. Okay. Mac. Um, and you can also make repairs, which I believe was set up with the uh, suit of the card. So if you get two hearts. Um, you might be able to make a repair on one of your, your pieces. Nice. That's really cool. Um, That's a really yeah, cool system. Yeah, yeah. So there's a bit of strategy there, too. Yeah, simple mechanic, but uh, but it's got some strategy to it. I like that. And I, I think that if there's anything that – I mean, my nitpick about the, the, the last tea shop was just – you want more rules. You know what I mean? You want even yeah. more, like, experience, like, like for – I know some players. I mean, hell, you know him. Phil Billy is a very build-oriented player. He just is. He likes the mm-hmm. stats. He likes the numbers. He likes to make his... I, I wouldn't call him a power gamer because he's into the role-playing aspects of it, but he sure. likes to maximize the effectiveness of his character. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and that's with everything with him. It's gaming. It's everything. And and the one thing that The Last Tea Shop will never speak to him on is that. There's no real way to, like... Right build anything it's it's more of a way to to very to tell that story whereas this kind of has a little bit a little bit of the strategy i wouldn't say the build mechanics but there's definitely something to how you play the cards and how you use them to kind of keep yourself afloat which would keep those those kind of more mathematical players stimulated exactly yeah you do want to think ahead uh you do want to see okay i do have an opportunity to save a portion of my my mech here i should save one closest to my my core because if that core gets isolated i'm done right right um and um there's another aspect where if in any portion of your mech gets isolated let's say like the top right hand corner doesn't have any cards around it Mm -hmm. that thing is also done okay um so that you can really start racking up a lot of damage that way if you're not watching out and you're not trying to to place your cards right. So yeah, so like if something gets isolated, everything past it is just fried. You could just you yeah. lose a whole section if you if you place yes. the cards incorrectly. I see. Exactly. I see. That's exactly. very cool. That's very a cool. A vertical mechanic. or horizontal path to it. So if it's a, there isn't one because there's an isolation, then then you're starting to run out of ship, and you better get rescued quick. <laughs> that's that's really cool. That's a that's a really cool system. I like how that works. Uh, it also helps, you know, keep, like, the tension, I feel like, going. So, yeah. you know, the game is narrative-based, but you're looking at this and you're like, oh, crap, I'm going to die. And then you kind of start getting intense and your character starts getting intense. And you start, it's a little bit, like, easier to, to yeah. role-play in that. Well, and it's hard. You got to... Uh, one thing that I'm noticing, because I'm, I'm also kind of skimming it on the side because I have it open <laughs> while we're doing it because I felt bad that I didn't read any of it. Uh, one thing I'm noticing is uh, this is like the yin 
to Last Tea Shop's Yang, in my opinion, like as I'm reading it. Mm. Whereas Last Tea Shop, you have this very laid back experience of inner discovery and you know, uh, 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 just just role playing. Whereas this is a much more tense, go 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 sort of yeah. way to create the to to craft the journaling story, which I think is really kind of cool. Like if you put these side by side. It's like yeah. you get that same result, but with completely different means, and I think that's very cool. That's very cool. That's a hundred percent agree. Like it has like a mirror image thing going on, and like again, like you know, T Shop I felt was a little bit more set up or ready to go for one player journaling. Right. Um, and I feel like this game, though, I mean, both of them can be played either as co op or journaling. I feel like this game is a little bit more set up and geared for co-op. It, it just works so good to have that. I mean, the, the other mechanics work good too, but like, it's just so much fun to have that other person there going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely definitely co-op. I could see how this would really ratchet up the role playing and kind of put it in your face very fast. And how long does it? How long did it take you and your wife to play it? Let's see, that one I think took about half an hour. Yeah, it seems like that. it would be real fast. Uh, yeah, real fast it experience. Be. It can be, especially if you die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be it, real fast if you die. <laughs> yeah, your reactor goes up and yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, you're going to die. And that was the one thing. Uh, so the reactor is the Joker card. You right. have two Joker cards in a standard deck. And it goes in the center of your, your array. It's like a, a So that's how you can die card. right off the bat because you could draw that other Joker. You got yeah. it, man. That, that that's exactly it, and and uh, that did not happen to me. But that's where the cool thing—they have an extra cool mechanic for that to come in, where you can route that rule because you can die instantly, like within one or two rounds, uh, mm -hmm. with that rule in. But if you do die because of us, you pull the Joker card. It's a sudden reactor failure, and your last line has to be cut off mid sentence. <laughs> So nice. The example in the book they have in there is like, yeah. oh, God, oh, no, tell Matthew I'm. <laughs> I, <laughs> so that's funny you should mention that. That's something I wanted to bring up uh, and something that I'm really loving about this book already, just skimming through it, is that they have a full playthrough of the game in the back of the book. So you can see exactly how they played it, how it's meant to be used. Uh, and I think that that is really cool, really cool, yeah. especially for the, the solo experience when a lot of times you end up feeling through and trying to kind of figure out what the guy wanted you to do because there's nobody to bounce ideas off of. Uh, but this yeah. right in the back, there is a whole story that they straight up wrote up and yeah, it, it ends in a cutoff, which is, which is hysterical to me. But yeah. I think this is awesome. This game is just so interesting and different. I'm kind of upset with myself that I didn't read it and we haven't played it at least once at some point. Yeah, I think I think you're. Uh, I I thought from early on after we did our last tea shop run that you would really dig this game. Yeah. Um, I think you should play it with your wife. Honestly, I think uh, that that's actually a really fun fun. I, I really recommend that. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've watched Prelude to Divorce at all. It's a gamer <laughs> show, so I can kind of understand if you haven't, but she is not a gamer. Uh, it is hard enough to get her to play video games. 
getting her to play role-playing games is not happening ever, ever, ever. Uh, gotcha. You see, my wife, and I know everybody out there is like, why is this guy with... Look, I love my wife because she is a sensible, down-to-earth sort of lady. And I am constantly up here floating around in the clouds. <laughs> and if I married somebody like me, we would never get anything done and die in like a pile of Cheeto filth. It would be disgusting. <laughs> Uh, there, there has to be that person. But at the same, at the same time, she's very grounded. But I can tend to like, like when she's sick, she would never take a day off work if it wasn't for me. Like you're sick, stay home. It's okay, you know. And I think that 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 kind of relationship just works that way. So I don't like to change it. But I often get the, what do you mean your wife doesn't play role playing games? You're such a nerd. Like how do you mean she's not a nerd? I'm like no 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 no. She needs to not be a nerd. Because if she was a nerd, no, no, nothing would be accomplished ever. Like, no, yeah, she's got to be straight laced. You, you got to find that one hundred percent that balance mm -hmm. uh, in in your your spouse. Um, my wife, uh, the role playing aspect is actually the hardest part for her. Uh, so when she she sits down at the table with me, like it's almost an exercise um, for her to to get a little bit more loosened up and 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 that kind of stuff also. Um, but you know, like that—that's the balance. You—you you, you find those yeah. balances. <laughs> yeah, you do. I—I I, look. I've met plenty of people who have married people who are very similar to them, and they're very happy people. More power to them. I tend to err on the side of, uh, you want some stuff in common with that person. You want some stuff to do with that person, but you also want that person to be a very different person to kind of fill in those those little nooks and crannies that you need filled in uh you know for your life and then just find some common ground on other things i know this is now turned into wife talk i don't know how i know right that. uh it's it's just <laughs> where it goes the digression naturally takes us family <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you just released the story about it so it works perfectly i think that like like yeah it's it's not uh it works perfectly because we're not exactly similar. I'm not going to lie. There are definitely times where I'm starting to like try and explain something about gaming in one way or another, and I just watch the eyes roll black in oh, her God. head, and she's like, please, please stop talking about what you're talking about. And I can tell that she's <laughs> not saying that out of respect for me. Uh, and she's like, I got to try and be interested in this weird bullshit that he does. Uh, and, and at the yeah. same time, she definitely tells me about Vanderpump rules and the eyes roll back in my head <laughs> so fast. So like, but still that, that 500 yard <laughs> stare, that glassy look, yeah. and just like, like you're just I, sitting I'm there definitely like paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> just in my head. I'm like, don't plan your day. Don't plan your tomorrow day. Listen, don't plan your listen to. And then I realized oh. that me in my head saying, don't plan your day has made me not hear her. And then I'm like, wait, what did she say? Oh my <laughs> God. I have no idea what she's talking about. It happened anyway. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And then you have to fake it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's crazy. That, bi that bitch said, what? <laughs> I don't know if your your wife is like this, but I have never caught my wife where she's faking it. She always has enough of an attention oh, span where, does. like, she hears. She hears everything I'm saying, and I'm just like, did you just hear what I said? And she repeats it back. She oh may not God. understand a single thing I said, it's, but she, she knows. It is infuriating because I try so hard 
to match that level of attentiveness, and it is, it's just not physically possible, but she always has one up on me. She can always go to the, I listen to you. Talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for a half an hour. You can listen to me talk about Lisa Vanderpump. You know, like, and I, I just, I can't, like, I, I lose it. And you're right. She's always on point. Always on, like, she manages to withhold it, retain it. I, yeah. I, I cannot do it. I, my brain it's, is just somewhere else every time. I think, I think my, my thing with my wife is the same thing. Like, honestly, if I, if I, uh. <laughs> Uh, didn't marry Shay. I probably would have burnt down the house at some point. I'm always like <laughs> forgetting to unplug something or whatever, and she just walks through, and I'm like just a tornado, and she's just like, "Fix this, okay? I'll fix it. Just sit down." Have you have you gotten to a point in your relationship too where like in the beginning, like I'll forget to turn lights off when I leave the room all the time. Oh, she's yeah. she's the, the the person who remembers the lights, and she's always like, "Why are all the lights on in the house?" Um, and it used to be my, my response in the beginning used to be, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You're right. I'm so sorry. Now it's just, you married me. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like this is, I, I, (laughs) if I'm not going to turn them off for the last 12 years when I'm trying, it's, it's just not going to (laughs) happen. It's not that we don't want, it's just that there, there really is a broken there's, yes. In there. yes. No, I'm 100% the same way with the lights, by the way. Yes. 100% the lights. Oh. Um, and, and she'll come out of the, the, she'll go into the bedroom right after I've gotten dressed, got everything out of there, I'm good to go. And she's like, why is every single light on? <laughs> um, because they turned them on for you. <laughs> oh, I'll do, I'll do one where I was like, well, I was going back in there. What were you going <laughs> yeah. back in there for? Uh, it, some socks you have socks on oh why are you a lawyer um i think <laughs> i you're right though it's 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 a broken circuit like i i try to tell her this all like whenever i like miss hear something she'll be like oh you didn't hear it and i'll be like listen i know that this there's no reason for you to believe me but i really want to hear and remember what you're saying. Like, more than anything on the planet, it's just my brain won't let me retain that information, and I'm sorry. Like, I try so hard. There's a broken highway yeah. in there. <laughs> Actually, uh, with us, for me, it's a hole in my brain. <laughs> I don't know why. Sometimes things fall into it, and they just disappear. Yep, 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 they yep. They just disappear. I'm with you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and then I'll remember some random thing about some nerd thing. And, like, I'll be like, oh, this would never happen because Superman is just as vulnerable to magic as he is to kryptonite. And she's like, you can fucking remember that Superman is vulnerable to magic, but you can't remember the thing I said, like, two minutes ago or to turn the goddamn light off. And I'm like, ah, you got me there. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to the game. Uh, back to the yeah. game. I, we got we got real real digressed off there. Yeah, it was a fun one. <laughs> it was, it was. I I am in love with this game, but what would you change? What would be your nitpicks? Not to go through the episode okay. too fast, but I think we kind of covered everything to it. Yeah. So you know, um, one thing before I get into nitpicks to that yeah, point, yeah, yeah. Just go covered everything. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
Broken circuits, man. Like, what, do what 35? you gotta do. <laughs> it, it, the game is like 35 pages long. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, moderate size for this type of game. Um, but those pages have, like, a block of text in a big bold. Almost like, like, if you were to put them on a... You could almost put that text on a, a flashcard. There's not a lot to it. You can breeze through this halfway quickly. Um, it's pretty simple and all of that. Um, so all of those things, like, I really like about the game. But they do lead me into some of my nitpicks. Um, and one nitpick that in particular is, so I love the cards mm -hmm. and I do not, this isn't really a criticism because honestly, like if I was in this writer's position, um, I would have done the cards exactly the same way. I, I actually wouldn't have changed anything like that. Mm -hmm. One thing I would have liked to see, like if he ever does, you know, an expanded version of this is custom cards for the actual mech parts. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, now, I know why he didn't do that. <laughs> I know why he didn't really do hard. it, too. Because <laughs> I um, made a game with cards, and it is not fun. So <laughs> I definitely yeah. understand why he decided to do it playing cards. There are so many problems mm -hmm. in doing that uh, for an indie creator, even one who, who's, you know, really is... This, this game's got some success. It's coming from a writer who has some success. He um, also runs, I believe... Uh, the cannibal halfling um mm. website uh so he's he knows this stuff he's he's got the market um but still like cards are not easy mm -mm. especially like if you're not like necessarily an artist mm -hmm. like how would you draw them what how would you design them mm -hmm. um you know all of this other stuff so i'm this isn't really a criticism of him choosing to use a playing deck of playing cards yeah but if you know he decided to to re-release this with custom cards with mech-like um, parts on it or designs, yeah. and it looked kind of cool. Uh, that would be so cool. That would totally be what I, I would one does, of the things I would really like about does it. Does he sell this on Drive Through Games? He does. Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna do a little bit more digression since we're ahead on time. Anyway, uh, my first game for my game company is Upper Hand. It's a wrestling RPG. We decided to go with a card-based system. Um, the problems with this are astronomical, and they don't tell you any of them up front. We went through Drive-Thru RPG. Drive-Thru RPG has tons of sisters, like Drive-Thru Novel, Drive-Thru Card Game, Drive-Thru Everything, and they all like use kind of the same site. So if you get cards, if you do cards with it, you can add the cards to the games page on Drive-Thru Games to, to buy the cards. What they don't do, what they don't do is tell you that you are ordering them from two completely different places. So anyone who goes to purchase it must pay shipping twice. To make matters worse, they don't let you make the order from one cart. So if you're on drive-thru RPG, right? And this is, I, I still kind of attribute it to the abysmal failure of our first game. If you're on drive-thru games and you say go to the main game, and you order that game. Uh, okay, I'm ordering that game. I won't put that in the cart. Ooh, I need cards with it. I'm going to order a deck of cards. You can put both of them in your cart. But when you go to check out, it tells you. It stops you. And it says, no, you can't buy these both together. Why did you let them put it in the cart there, drive through RPG? Uh, and then it tells you that the, 
it, it straight up tells the customer they have to pay shipping twice, and it tells them they will have to order two different, they'll have to order them separately. They can't even order them in the same cart. It kills the impulse buy. No matter how cheap your game is, it's like a red flashing light to anybody who's just on there trying to buy something. Uh, and I'm not saying you should take advantage of people by like, you know, like sneaking the charge in. I think all the charges should be there. It's just that they right. put them both in the cart and they hit the checkout, let them check out, but it doesn't let you. It makes you do it twice. I think that is enough to anybody who's in there just impulse buying is going to be like, uh, maybe no. because It's, it's a barrier. Yeah. And the shipping is super expensive from drive through. It's not Amazon. It's drive through RPG and drive through uh, cards. Their shipping is long and expensive. It's the biggest problem I have with them for their physical stuff. They make things right. very easy, but it, but if you're ordering the flat shipping, it's like five dollars, and it takes you like two weeks to get the product. So you're paying that five dollars twice. You're not getting the product either product for two weeks. They can come separately at different times. How much fun is that? Like, yeah. there's no they 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 bought all these companies, and then they didn't refine it so that they could use them all together. It's a little bit silly. Sorry, drive through games. You're still a great place for indie game stuff, but some stuff I hate about you. And uh, I'm hating more and more as I get deeper and deeper into the, the RPG stuff. So to speak to this guy's custom cards, yeah. while I, I will say this, I think he should do a deck of cards, custom cards. Um, and if you want a guy to do your art, I know a guy because my partner is a card guy He and he's obsessed with Mecha. So he would do it. I, I, I can't imagine that the guy who wrote this game is going to listen to this podcast. But if he does... <laughs> you know, get in touch with me. Um, but I would say do a custom cards, but just do it separate. Just do it as like a special edition thing. Like here's custom cards if you want to play for it. Play with it. Leave the rules the way they are, you know. Yeah. And then with the custom cards, just make sure you put on the custom cards somewhere what they would be if they were a suit so that it translates. Yeah. So like if it's a king or whatever, you know, just just have it translate to the to the part, you know. Um, right. but I think that like I think that cards and it's very difficult in an indie space just like you said. And I just wanted to get more in depth with that because of my own experience. It it killed any impulse buys we yeah. may have had from our first yeah. game because of that. And they don't tell you any of that up front. Yeah, I didn't find out about that until somebody tried to order it. You know, honestly, there's so many things in this industry that you just aren't told up front or yeah. there's information, incomplete information yeah. out there that leads you to go down a path that is, may not be the path you would have chosen if you had all the facts. Yeah. Um, honestly, we could almost just do a whole podcast on just that. Look. We really could. Because I'm not going to lie, probably more oh, most of our games going forward is going to be on itch from this point on because mm. we've been looking at just the pay scales and how much we're paying yeah. for it. like like drive through games takes 30 percent of of your yeah. your your sale price period 30 percent doesn't matter unless you're selling it for zero dollars is 30 percent which you're getting their storefront with that but if you're not an established seller you're not going to be featured on their storefront so unless somebody's just random unless you're so the only thing you're paying for at that point is the search engine finding you when they search for you and Google can do that. So like 
Whereas, whereas with itch, you don't even have to give them a cut. We were looking it up. They encourage you to give some of the, the, the percentage of the proceeds to them, but they're like, you don't have to. However, we don't, the, the other thing is, when you post on drive-thru, and this is something that's really bugging me, and I saw this on Twitter, and I didn't want to be a know-it-all, but there's a couple of guys who I saw on, on Twitter talking about their games coming out and saying, we're going to put it on drive-thru, we're going to put it on itch. You can't do that. Drive-thru retains all the digital sale rights when you put your game on there. When you put your game on there, you are signing an agreement that you cannot sell that game through a digital provider other than them. Well, you can sell it physically, but you cannot sell it digitally through another provider. So I'm like, pretty sure there's another contract you can select that they will take a larger chunk this Out is true. Your you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. You, they take like 40 or something like that. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm speaking out of turn. Still, that to, to me isn't really well explained in the front. No. And, and itch does not require... Like, itch doesn't care where you put it. Like... Right, like, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. like, if you're not a big established person, don't put your shit on drive-thru. Just don't. Because if you're not going to make any money off of it. You're going to be buried in the landslide of games coming out. Uh, unless you have something... Unless you read my friend over here, Wizard's Rest Bites, fine uh, scrubbing for stuff so that you can right. know... <laughs> stealth plug. You can know where to post... <laughs> What what kind of games to post on drive through to get noticed? But like overall, you're gonna get buried in that algorithm because it's just too big of a storefront at this point, you know. Yeah. Especially if um, you're a thing that's not D and D, which. Especially long run, like there's a little bit of a bump you might be able to get right at the beginning, mm -hmm. um, like right when you first publish. Yeah. But it it like disappears, I think, after the first month. Yeah. Um, and it's basically like the new books um, section, essentially. Yeah. So that, that's that's where you're going to be seen. You're going to be seen for people who are looking for new books Yeah. Um, for like the first like couple of weeks, I think. Uh, like literally, I think it might be just two weeks. And then you're going to get cycled out of that list. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you are going to be, yeah, unfortunately pretty lost to, to the world. That drive-thru alone would definitely not be the place to do your marketing. No, I um, honestly, Twitter and low price. Like if you're new, in my opinion, at, at least from my experience, because my first game I released was $16. I know a lot of people are thinking that's low price. It's not. Uh, $16, and then I had the cards, the deck of cards that you had to pick up for it with four. We've already talked about the card issues. I'm not going to go over that again. However, it didn't get didn't get any sales whatsoever. I think that was very much hindered by people going in and realizing they'd have to order two things. Yeah. Getting over is only being sold for $4. That's all I'm selling it for. I've had three times the sales that I had from Upper Hand, and none of them have come from people I know. Nobody I know about it. Whereas Whoa. every every sale from Upper Hand was... And, and don't get me wrong, I'm selling it for $4, so I'm only getting $2.80 off of it, so I'm not making anything really yet. But, like, I have sold way... I think our say it, we've sold something like 14 copies now? Like, 10, 12 copies? Something like that. Whereas, upper hand, we only ever sold, like, four copies. So... So, 
And a side note on this is Upper Hand has a, one, like, uphill battle on a marketing uh, point of view, which is, like, it's it's not the easiest thing to throw into searches. But how do you, like, for instance, how do you have, how did you list it for your genre? Oh, man, they made me change it. So I'm not quite sure what to say there. I think I ended up going other because they don't have any wrestling yeah. genre on there. I, the, yeah. The thing is, though, is the reason, like, just logically standpoint, the reason that I'm getting those sales with getting over is people from Twitter, when I post on Whip It Wednesday, yeah. are willing to spend the $4 to support somebody, and so they go in and they purchase it, you know? Like, yeah. but that's where I'm getting my marketing. They're also not getting stopped by some weird card thing. Uh, it's not $16, you know what I mean? So, like... Yeah. I'm getting those sales because of that. And I think that, like, if you're trying to start off, I think that's the way to go. But personally, personally, and we're way off subject now, I'm sorry. But personally, <laughs> personally, I wish I had posted getting over on itch. Because right now, I'm only getting $2.80 for getting over, and I'm paying all of that money for a storefront that I don't use. That does not get used. And now I can't post getting over on itch, which is very frustrating. Whereas I think all my sales have come from twi uh, Twitter impulse buys, Twitter and Facebook impulse buys. Uh, okay. So next time I'm going to post it on itch and I'm going to just let the Twitter stuff come in and do my own marketing because I think that's where we're getting the sales at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, the other problem with itch is if you want a physical copy of the thing, you they they're not a publishing house, you know. Yeah. They're just they're just a place to post something online, so they're yeah. not you you can't get a it's digital only stuff. But yeah, personally, nobody's doing it perfect right now. Mm -hmm. nah. Like no everybody, I think everybody has like something that they would change about these platforms. Yeah, yeah. But to bring it all the way back around to to Lost, uh, I th yeah. I think that's one of the the things that is the problem with the cards is to attach yeah. the cards right off the bat, uh, yeah. puts you in this position where and what's weird is upper hand you could actually play it with a deck of cards easily, uh, like it it would be easy enough. We actually played it originally with a deck of cards. What we okay. would do is we would take the suits and turn them into the power, the tech, or the speed. So it's like club yeah. clubs was power and you know what I mean? You could play it easy. Yeah. We made the choice to make it about those custom cards for extra sales. That was a mistake. Um, if we had done it with, with playable cards, you got to wonder if we would have had more impulse buys there, you know? Um, sure. But <clears throat> yeah, I would love to see some custom cards for this. That would be really, really, really cool. Yeah, like I said, it's not so much of a, a nitpick because, like, I actually really do understand. I, I, I don't. I would have done the same thing if yeah. I was in this situation. Um, but yeah, a custom card thing. Like, I'd almost just want to make my own custom cards because, like, I think it would just, I, those are the kinds of things that I like. Is just like the little like things that, you know, add a little bit of character and detail to the world. Yeah. Um, and and having custom cards with like mech parts or engine parts on there like this is your you know yeah. oscillating gun turret that's about yeah. to explode or whatever yeah, that'd you know? be really cool i personally if i had any nitpick i would say that that optional rule of stable reactor should always be on just because mm. if this was just a normal game i'm all for just dying in two rounds every once in a while that's cool but this is such 
this game is this game is so much in the tension and the build yeah. to what's going to happen to cut that build off so fast uh, or have the potential for that build to be cut off so fast I think is the the only slight mistake. I'm glad that this optional rule is in here. I just think that it shouldn't be an optional rule. I think it should be part of the game just because just because two rounds you're not going to get anything out of this game and if this was your first experience with the game it might put you off to it forever i think that you need those first few rounds to really build that tension you know what i mean yeah i could see that definitely one thing that i did like about that was the the cutoff sentence because it's a sudden reaction yeah it's cool but you could always just say, you know, like, if you really wanted to, to keep it in, you know, the first five rounds, if the Joker card gets pulled, you just put it back into the deck. Um, that's that's what I was going to say. I would actually make it uh, a flat, like, the Joker has to be pulled a certain number of times for the reactor, reactor to get blown. Okay. Instead of, like a, like, a turn cap. I would say, yeah. oh, the critical went it, like like it enters a more critical phase. You could even attach something severe to it, which ratchets its yeah. that tension up. So like, oh, the Joker card got pulled, which means your reactor goes down a level, and a random system immediately gets ejected from the mech, like right, like, yeah. like whatever. It's cut off and it's done. Uh, and which would be really interesting if you did it randomly, because you could get to this point where like, oh. The random part literally separated everything on the north side because that's all I had left, you know, but it was in far enough to cut off that line. I think that yeah. that's how I would do it. I would just say, okay, you get three Joker pulls before that thing goes, but every time the Joker gets pulled, one random card is just automatically ejected from the system. Um, and okay, then you're yeah. still getting that tension. You're still getting that tension. You're still getting that forced you know, no, that forced rush. But there's yeah. no chance that it's going to immediately end in the first two seconds of the game. Right, you know? yeah. Yeah, so. I can see that. I can definitely see that as being a nitpick. And, and yeah, that kind of throwing off a game quite a bit. And, yeah, still having that tension in there with that, like, just tweaking the mechanics a little bit there um, a little bit more could definitely help keep that that in there with Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so, are we all done with this game? Uh, because I, I got some cleanup to do to talk to the people, if that's yeah, all right. Yeah, let's do it. All right, first of all, guys and gals, if you are out there listening to us right now, we want your war stories, man. We want your war stories. Put them in the comments on YouTube. Send them to us on Twitter, Wizards Respite, or Old Man Gaming. Uh, type them up. Whatever your cool gaming moment is from any game even D. uh you can you can you can send them our way because we want to read them out on the show so if you have a war story please throw it our way uh no matter how long or big we're gonna try and add a little section in when we get the war stories and uh read them out and then talk to them about it a little bit uh, i always you know on my gaming podcast uh, my video gaming podcast. Uh, we love fan traction. It's our favorite segment. We read all the comments that we get from YouTube. And uh, I, I love interaction stuff like that. So if you've got a war story, send it our way. We want it for the next show. Uh, so I get to pick the next game, right? Yes. What do you guys? Right. Another formulaic one for me. Another one that uh, that was 
that was the essence of Zach. And it is held together by a duct tape. Duct tape on the side. We're doing a well-loved Mech- game. <laughs> Mechton Zeta. Mechton Zeta from our Telsorian game. In my opinion, the definitive system for creating mechas, maybe not using them, but creating them without a doubt. Um, that's what I want to discuss next time if you're up for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited. It's also one of the first games that, maybe not ever, but that I remember playing that had a life path. Okay. And I, the minute I hit life path, it's one of my first experiences with procedural generation <laughs> in okay. gaming. So I, it's just very exciting for me. So, uh, so that yeah. is it. Now, two weeks from today, we'll talk about Mechtown Zeta. Send us your war stories. Uh, I guess we're ready to plug there, Wiz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you want to go first, or did you yeah, want to yeah, it? yeah? I'll go first. Uh, this all right. It just went up. If you're listening to this, this week, we put up episode 5 of Astral Drive. Check it out. Wizard plays it. I game master it. It is the system coming, hopefully towards the end of this month, maybe early July, uh, and then a world that I'm creating for that system. Um, but we're playing it. Myself uh, is the game master, Wizard's Respite, uh, Phil Villet 330 from my channel, and then Aether Dios, an old friend of mine. We're all playing it together. It is a crazy, weird space fantasy sci-fi thing uh so please check it out uh we've got four episodes up and we got the fifth one coming um please i'm keeping it to ttrpgs because this is a ttrpg show but please check out on mondays one to three it might just be me from now on i don't know my partner has got a lot of stuff going on right now but uh i am playing my game that i just released you heard us talking about it getting over it's four dollars on drive through games, you can search getting over in the search bar. You will find it. It is only $4. It is a solo wrestling promoter simulation journaling game. You can play alone or with friends. Each player takes the role of a wrestling promoter with their own wrestling league. And it procedurally generates the wrestlers, the game, the stuff for you to write the matches. And you book. You deal with stuff that comes your way. It's a lot of fun. Um... I'm playing it every Monday. If you want to see it played, check it out on Monday, 1 to 3, or go back, and they're all up on the YouTube. And uh, it has been some of the most... Like, I will keep playing that if nobody's watching it, just because... <laughs> I, you love I, the game. <laughs> oh, dude. I, as we're recording this, I did one today that was good, but the one that I did right before I went on vacation, I had a five-star match as my main event, and it was absolutely one of the greatest like things I've ever done in role playing. And I don't think anybody watched that episode. I think I only had like four views, but it was absolutely like this balls to the wall fight for a first championship that I had built up. It was so special to me. And so if you guys want to check that out, it's just me. I listen to music. I play the game in front of you guys. So you guys get to see it. And then finally, last plug for TTRPG sometime this month, we don't have a date. We have decided the story of Tex and the Stump Girls will continue. TMNT. Coming back with a couple of homebrew rules that I decided to add of my own creation, which I'm very excited about. And we're also adding Phil Billy, who is going to be playing a, an alligator who is obsessed with conspiracy theories, from what I can understand so far. So, going to be super fun, guys. Uh, oh, that game, game 
couldn't stop thinking about it. Kind of talked Wizard into keep playing it, and uh, it wasn't that hard to talk me into. I it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it's just so much fun, even when it's serious. Yeah. It's so much fun. So I'm very excited to continue that, and I'm going to be running my supplements that I got when I was freaking thirteen. Uh, so I, I've been rereading them. It's so exciting. So I don't even really have to make a ton of stuff up. I have to definitely upgrade some of it for the 21st century. Uh, because a lot of it's like, they could just call people on their cell phones. Uh, <laughs> but they didn't have them when this was written. Um, but yeah. it's, it's, it's cool. It's very cool. So we're going to be doing that sometime this month. Look out for that. We haven't set a date yet. I'm making Phil's character officially tomorrow. Not on stream or anything, just us. And then we're going to set something up. And I'm finally done talking, Wiz. Sorry, yeah. I took up so much space. No, you're good. Yeah, that's all very exciting stuff. Um... I got a couple of exciting things too. I just uh, uh, this week posted a new article uh, diving deep into the TTRPG sales um, and and marketing sort of side of the the industry. Um, this one actually focused in on family gaming, uh, which is a random one. This is the first genre that I actually dove into to really cut through the numbers and try and figure out. But the reason why is because when I pulled the numbers, the numbers looked pretty surprising um there's a lot of opportunity in that in that genre and i talk all about it what i found and and um what you can do with that information in my article um at the wizard's respite i definitely suggest checking it out if you are a ttrpg content creator and thinking about the family gaming genre um and even if you're not if you're just an enthusiast, I'd still check it out because this is your hobby, and I think that you know I, uh, you'd still get a lot out of it. Just kind of seeing how how it works on the other side. Um, As a I dad also, who's constantly trying to get his kid to play role playing games with him, I will be reading this article. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think a lot of parents uh, of uh, trying to get their kids to play would would really benefit from reading it. I mentioned a lot of different publishers in that, and and. Um, uh, types of game systems designed for kids. So there's there's kind of a little bit for everybody. Um, see, what else do I got? Uh, that's the big thing right now. I'm still focusing on that. The next um, article that's coming out in this series of articles talking about sales trends and marketing will probably be focused on um, science fiction. That's another big surprising one. In fact, that one's kind of a heavy hitter. Um, in the in the TTRPG industry, uh, yeah. you'd be surprised how how powerful that that genre is and those how well those games sell. Um, I already have two more out uh, prior to the the family gaming focus, so there's plenty plenty to go around. Might be a little bit while I before I get the the next one out. I do have a few other uh, articles I need to write. I got some more reviews. Uh, that are going to be coming out. Um, Ooh, exciting. And yeah. What are you reviewing oh, next? Can we can um, we get a, a little taste of what you're reviewing next? Yeah. Um, I probably should have told you this before we got on, but I'll be doing a deep dive review of Getting Over. What? <laughs> oh, awesome. That's the next one. Yay. Um, yeah, I hope I you liked it. <laughs> I did like it. Um, it would be bad uh, if you didn't. This would be, I, I, make things awkward in the Sanctorum from here on uh, Yeah, well, so one of the things, I don't do deep dive reviews on books I don't like. I don't want to be crapping on this people. This is true. You have told me this before. And my deep dive reviews are, one, to review it, but also to talk about 
what how it more or less functions so that not not diving into the details too much but so that people can get a sense of what the game is really all about because you read the description and it doesn't really tell you much right you know you really need to talk to somebody that's actually played the game to understand the game and that's what i try to do with these games i try to deep dive into them i try to understand them and i try to convey that out so that people kind of have a sense of what the game is all about when they're looking at it um and that's what i'm gonna do with getting over I, I should have picked it for one of our sanctorums, but I feel like that would be too egotistical. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I feel I like if I, I picked my own game for Sanctorum, we would be I would be in the point, infomercial area. <laughs> talk about it at least a little bit. I mean, like I'm doing an article on it, so maybe I'll pick that for one of my games. <laughs> I would be all right with that. I'd be all right with that. I'm not. I'm not saying you should though. I'm not saying you should. <laughs> That's really awesome. I'm very excited about the review. I'm looking forward to it. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm. That's my next, my next stop. Um, and then, yeah, back to more industry stuff. Open, hopefully, helping people navigate the tricky and very ambiguous world of marketing your TTRPG game. Cool beans, man. That's my plugs for today. All right. Well, I think we're done then, bro. Okay. Awesome. Bye, everybody.